Have you ever heard of breast implant illness? In today's episode of the Keto Camp Podcast, we welcome back Dr. Kate Seuss to discuss the problem with breast implants. Here we go. Histamine is amazing for neurotransmitter, you know, functioning. We need it. In fact, when people have high histamine, sometimes that's like what in part leads to mania, which can drive a lot of neurological function, which sometimes people who are, have chronic illness need that to survive. They need that high level of thinking that histamine can drive. And especially in women when, you know, there's like a histamine estrogen, like copper complex that can form. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, the host of the Keto Camp Podcast. Today, we welcome back my friend, Dr. Kate Seuss, and she has been on the Keto Camp Podcast before, episode 100, a few years ago. We did an in-person podcast all about different aspects of the problem with breast implants and explants and what to do if you get them removed, et cetera. What are your options? And there's been a lot of research and updates ever since that conversation. So we brought her back and we did another in-person interview at Keto Camp HQ. And that is a result of what you're going to hear today. Dr. K is going to discuss why some women get sick with breast implants and why others don't. And it might be a little edgy or controversial, this episode today, but if you have breast implants or know somebody who has breast implants, like this is a really important episode for you. And even if you don't, you're going to learn a lot in today's episode because we talk about the metabolism and how your body functions at a cellular level and the world of toxins, et cetera. But we'll get into the exact problems to why these breast implants could be so problematic, what to do, should you keep them in, should you explant them? We'll talk about histamines and how histamines destroy collagen production. You'll learn all about the role of histamines and why it's an important neurotransmitter and how a lot of people have symptoms, health symptoms, and it could be a result of a histamine intolerance or sensitivity. We'll talk about her perspective and viewpoint on breast implants and how they have ch it has changed since our last conversation. We'll talk about your detoxification pathways, how to enhance them with mineral replenishment, the importance of supporting your liver. We'll talk about liver flushes. We'll talk about bile, synthetic bile. We'll talk about scar therapy. And we'll talk about her brand new silicone support formula. This is very important for anybody who has breast implants or have had breast implants this is probably going to be a supplement you want to get on. It's called her silicone support formula. We'll talk all about that. And she was so gracious enough to give you all a 10%
coupon code off the product. If you go to the link in the podcast notes down below and use KetoCamp10, you can get her product at a nice discount. Before I bring her on, I want to get to today's Apple Podcast rating and review of the day from Carib Queen, titled, Love These Podcasts, five-star review, very informative. I'd love if you interviewed Lauren Weiss at Lajala Nutrition. Keep up the great work. Awesome, 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 Carib Queen. I appreciate that. And yeah, she's on my radar. We'll see if we could bring her on. But I really appreciate you listening to the show and loving all the podcasts. Thank you so much for tuning in and for taking the time to leave that rating and review. It really makes a big difference for the show. So thank you so much. Just a reminder, we are exactly seven days away from our Keto Kickstart Challenge, which is 100% free. Join me, Dr. Jason Fung, Dr. Ken Berry, Dr. Boz, the Keto Camp Coaches, and other special guests, along with um, some special surprises. We're also giving away over $20,000 in free prizes for those who join and you could join for free over at ketocampchallenge.com. If you've registered for a previous challenge, but not this current one coming up, then you got to re-register over at ketocampchallenge.com. Go check out the link in the podcast notes down below. Okay, let's talk to Dr. Kate Seuss. And by the way, you could watch the video version of today's interview. We did it in person on our YouTube channel. You can watch that video over at youtube.com slash ketocamp. Dr. Kate is a chiropractor, television host in LA, Los Angeles, California, whose research is focused on recovery from chronic illness, breast implant safety, medical device safety, advocacy, strategies for regeneration after chemical exposures, informed consent legislation for device safety, plastic surgery reform, metabolism of heavy metals, and underlying causes of skin laxity and premature aging. She is also a functional and preventative health expert who works with patients to optimize their health and feel their best. Her flagship formula, the silicone implant support product, is designed to provide solutions to people who want to live healthily with silicone implants. Here's Dr. Kate. All right, Dr. Kate, welcome back to the podcast and in person again. Yes. Hi, thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here again and three years later. Can you believe it? Three years later. No. It felt like it was recently. That was before all the COVID craziness. Because too. we were probably in quarantine for two of those years. That's right? true. Yeah, that's true. So you were in the same building last time. I'm just in a new unit. So Keto Camp HQ. It was actually episode 100. That was the last episode, 100. Now we're, I told you, getting closer to 600. And we're going to deep dive into such an important topic, not just about breast implant illness or how to explant and all that information you're going to share, but your backstory on heavy metal poisoning. So let's talk about your backstory and what transpired with mercury. Yeah, so anything related to pre-existing conditions prior to breast implants is an important topic, right? So for some people like me, it's going to be heavy metals. It could be some sort of chronicity, like some sort of low-grade chronic infection. Anything that deranges deranges histamine and creates collagen dysregulation can be a pre-existing thing. So in the case of mercury, yes, that's my story. <laughs> That's one of the components of my story. Do you want me to just, where should I, I don't know, what started in utero? Do you want me to start in yeah, utero? Yeah, well, like what were some of the things that you started to notice in terms of your symptoms? And then how did you pinpoint it to, it's a mercury issue? Well, I had no idea. I didn't know what amalgam illness was until I, I was already a doctor. I was already television hosting. I brought Dr. Pompa on the show, who I'm sure you're 
your listeners are super familiar with yeah, his work. And the goat. This, it's a story that he tells a lot, and I like to tell it too because it was a really big piece of the puzzle in my health. So I knew that I had breast implant illness. I'd already removed my implants. I was starting to have a little bit of progress in my health, but not really, you know, on the outside, it looked like I was doing better because I think when women explant that are sick, they typically see some aesthetic changes right away. Like they see changes in their eyes and skin. And if they're having swelling and weird things, sometimes those immediately resolve. And how old were you at this time? Oh gosh. Um, early 20s? No, I was probably in my early 30s. Early 30s, okay. Because now where are we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you were in your early 30s. Yeah. You explanted. Yeah. And then you started noticing more symptoms. I Well, you know, there was a honeymoon period. And we see this with amalgam removal too, that yeah. there's sometimes a honeymoon period of like symptoms sort of resolving for a little while and then kind of coming back sometimes worse. So yeah, it, it's to be honest at this point, a little bit hard to remember because after explant, I went into such a dark hole. Like it was like, I remember months and months of just being in bed, sleeping for almost the whole day and just, you know, it was Because you were tired, you were depressed, both. I was extremely toxic and extremely ill and had like no immune function and- Oh, wow. And had just gone through like a tremendous extreme stress period of like explanting, graduating from chiropractic school, like taking four parts of boards, like almost dying- you know, so yeah, your body it was, was a push. In fight or flight. So it was, it, it, yeah, it was something like that. But anyway, anyway, so we got through it, and and so you know, I was television hosting. I was still sort of searching for answers. I think that that television show was born out of the desire to bring experts in and learn more and more because I knew that there was still a lot more to learn. Like it was not over. So Dr. Pompa came on the show and he's telling his story in front of me, like how you and I are now. Mm -hmm. And he says, well, I had this high volume chiropractic practice and, and I was really energetic. And then I went to the dentist a couple of times and I did a couple amalgam removals with an allopathic dentist who didn't use the precautions for mercury. Mm -hmm. And he immediately had the onset of chronic fatigue syndrome and had no idea why. So he's talking about it and, I, and and that was what led him to study functional medicine. And he's talking about it in front of me. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, I had two amalgams break in my mouth right before I got breast implants. Oh my gosh. So they happened kind of consecutively. But if you really want to know the whole story, which I, th I think is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I was adopted, but my biological mother has, I don't know, maybe eight or nine silver fillings. She also has a seizure disorder. I know this about her. It's related for sure. She also has an atypical seizure disorder now that they can't even call epilepsy, but it performs like epilepsy. So it's basically treated the same. But in my opinion, that's a mercury issue, right? Because we know mercury is a central nervous system agonist and it can yeah. affect people differently genetically. But anyway, so yeah, like a lot of mercury passes in utero through the placenta. I'm not really sure why. It might be a defense or like a survival mechanism of humans, but it does pass and... In my research, I've seen a lot of patterns and trends in babies that are born to mothers with mercury. And there's interesting things like we do see a lot of like high functioning IQ in those types of babies, which is cool. But it also tends to go with a little bit of hypervigilant personality and a little bit of like primed kind of nervous sympathetic nervous system tone. I myself had a very severe tongue tie and I've seen tongue tie as well. So when you think about the way the neck leans forward and the way the, ner the the sympathetic chain, which is right in the back of the neck, gets kind of taut in a tongue tie situation. It gets pulled a little bit and you have that kind of primed, ready, like fight or flight type of personality. I mean, that can happen posturally, right? But I see this in babies 
that are born from mothers with high mercury. Interesting. It's interesting, right? Well, we know MTHFR is related to tongue tie, you know, so anyhow, yeah, started there and then breastfed and then... I got a couple, when I was a child, we went, you know, there was a dentist and he put a whole bunch of fillings in my mouth and this guy ended up, he actually went to prison for fraud. He was doing all these amalgams on the children that came with a certain type of insurance, like free health insurance in Florida. And mm-hmm. yeah, he ended up going to jail for, for medical fraud or that's the California one. I forget the Florida one, what it's called. Was he here in Miami? No, he was up in, in North Florida. Okay. In Gainesville. Wow. So how many fillings did he put in your mouth? So what happened was it was, I think I was eight. And what happened was when we left the dental office, they told my mother that I had, they, I was scheduled to have five or six more. And she said, what? And they had put a bunch in that day. And, oh and then she said, no, I'm going to take her to a different dentist and get a second opinion. And then we went to a new dentist and they said, oh, she doesn't have any cavities. So they didn't even know why he was right. Right. That's probably why he's in jail or why well, he, he went did to jail. go to jail. And then he ended up, he's passed away, deceased. He was hit by a car in oh. 1999 driving. This guy cha- completely changed my, the course of my entire life. Wow. I mean, these, this is, <laughs> I think about this stuff yeah. because that tooth led to a lot of trauma. I'm not going to get into it, but it was that one tooth that led to a root canal. The one that broke the amalgam, it led to a root canal, which led to like me being misdiagnosed with trigeminal neuralgia and then MS. And then eventually oh it was really just a root canal, but that all happened right. <laughs> wow. So he, he was kind of like the, the starting point for all of that. Yes. Okay. So yeah. your mom had mercury. Well, your mom had fillings and that's mm-hmm. passed on through utero. So mm-hmm. for those who don't know, if you've never had silver fillings, great. But if your mom had them, mm-hmm. that's passed on. And I think it's as well like a survival mechanism. And lead as well, because we know bone, there's bone that transfers to baby. So there's that study, the DRASH study that showed same amount of mercury in mom's mouth in the form of fillings, proportional to the amount of mercury in the baby's brain when they perform these autopsies, right? Right. And then we're also, there's different factors. Like if the mother, certain hot liquids, maybe she's drinking more of that can mobilize more. So there's different rates of mobilization. That's case by case. So. Yeah. And then in, uh, you said you were breastfed and that's another way to get Absolutely. mercury and other metals as well. Absolutely. Yes. And then this dentist loads you up. <laughs> um, so your bucket is just like overflowing and overflowing. So as Dr. Pompa is explaining his story, are you just going back and like revisiting your story? And you're like, oh my, all these connections are not being made. Yes. It took time to put all the pieces together, but that was a really big piece to me. And so at that time I had a lot of mercury symptoms that I didn't know were mercury symptoms. Like I was tremoring, I was shaking. So that's I why had... they thought you had MS? Yes. That was part of it. Oh. Well, they thought I, because this root canal was presenting as trigeminal neuralgia, which is a nerve disease that comes off of the brain. That's very serious. They call it the suicide disease, but typically it doesn't happen until you're in your fifties, but it was the opposite direction. So it was coming from the root canal infection, not from the brain. So that's why they thought it was MS. Cause you're a young woman, you're presenting with hyperreflexia, like tremor yeah. um, and extreme nerve pain. So yeah. But anyways, that's like a whole other like direction to take this. I don't want to get off topic, but you know, breast implants in the body, they're kicking off like a whole bunch of problems. So epigenetics, which is are flipping, the immune system's really burdened. So lots of things can go wrong and it can look really different from one person to the next. But in my case, those were some of the things that were happening. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk more about breast implants okay. and why <laughs> they can be so problematic. Before we do, you mentioned something to me before we hit record. 
and I'd love to talk about this, the history of body modifications. Like why is it, and it's growing every single year. We see so many different things. We were just talking about that. What is it, the cheek thing that they- Oh, the, the buccal fat yeah, removal. Yeah, the buccal fat removal, liposuction, which we'll talk about. Yeah. So let's get into the history. Like what are some of the things you've learned about the history of body modifications? Okay, well, so the reason why it's important to talk about this is because, so for years, in fact, when we did our podcast three years ago, we were talking about breast implants and I said, probably said, that they were like the worst thing ever and that no one should ever get them. And then I recommended everyone who had them to remove them. And I don't really feel that way anymore. You know, it's been, there's been a learning curve. I've met a lot of people that are healthy with breast implants and I understand now why. Um, I know why some people are healthy with breast implants and why others aren't. And I, and I have a very good understanding of how to intervene in those situations. But I well, you're gonna have to share that in a little bit, so we'll, <laughs> in, we'll, we'll circle back to but that. But in any event, like it really comes down to the history of body modification, and when you study it and you see these crazy things that people did in different cultures, you just start to understand that you know it might not be something that you agree with or think is aesthetically pleasing, but for sure there's someone out there that does, and it's as humans we we love to do this type of stuff. So what I think is important is just that we support people in whatever they want to do, and we have options, and you know if if you want to do some kind of weird aesthetic thing that you think is attractive and whatever, more power to you. You know, I don't want to judge them, but I think it should be safe or that they should at least know the risks and know how to support themselves, right? Okay. hundred percent. Yeah. So some weird examples. Well, everyone knows about the neck, like the rings in Africa, right? The extending the but neck, explain right? it. Explain that. Well, I, I don't know that. I'm not, I can't go okay. in depth on each one but of these But we've seen, things. you've probably seen images of her. Yeah. yeah. And then there's other things like there's this island where they you would tattoo, they believed that the behind the knee was a second vagina. And so they would tattoo it and then they would do these hula dances where they would just slightly show it and men would go crazy. And that was like a big thing. They would show the behind the knee yeah. and the men would go crazy. Yeah, exactly. So whatever- Talk about a, a, a new fetish. So whatever was fetish. whatever was going on in their culture and their wiring that made them feel that way um, worked for them. So, right, to us now it seems ridiculous. Yeah. And you can look at Chinese foot binding and the way that- signaled in their culture where you were with status you know if you were of the highest status that meant that your foot as a woman was so bound that you could not walk so you required a body servant so if you were of the level to have a body servant then you had reached like the epitome of success in that cultural time so interesting you know we can judge bbl and buccal fat removal and breast implants and you know people judge me all the time for having lip injections and you know it's i get it some people get triggered, but it's just like, look at the history of body modification and, Yeah, you know, that's an interesting history. And, and you'll know right away because there's a lot of women in the excellent community that are vehemently against breast implants. And when they see people thriving with breast implants, it really triggers them and upsets them. And they want everyone to know, you know, that this is not the right way. And I just, I don't personally feel that way. I don't, I don't have judgments about right or wrong anymore with this stuff. I just sort of want to support I respect that. So three years ago, you would have said everybody needs to get those implants out. And yeah. here's a protocol to do that. Here's yeah. how you explant. Yeah. Now you're saying there is a, a set of people. Uh, I would say the majority. but The majority but I do, can have breast implants and still be healthy. Sorry, but, sorry to be <laughs> But I do think that that's starting to change because of the way our society is becoming less healthy and the high exposure to chemicals. And basically, like, as the histamine is going up, like, the chances of being healthy with implants is going down. Right. So if that was a graph and, you know, like, you know about why. So as people's stress buckets are increasing, which histamine factors into that, 
then it decreases the chances of them being healthy with breast implants. Yeah, and like you see this on the outward presentation of like aesthetically because histamine has such a big relationship with collagen. So as people start to have more skin laxity and look older and aging, you know, that's also on the inside of the body going to affect the type of scar tissue capsule that you can make around a breast implant. Which is, which is basically the only barrier keeping your immune system from mobilizing microsilicone. And we know that everyone who mobilizes microsilicone is sick. I mean, that's studied because, I mean, there was recently a study of 300 women who were, they all had breast implant illness and they were all explanting, but almost 100%, I mean, I think it was 98%, but almost all of them had silicone outside of the capsule. So that hmm. tells you that everyone who's sick with implants has mobilized microsilicone to some extent, unless... Maybe like it's just a rare, like they have a very severe autoimmune reaction, which probably also involves mobilization of microsilicone. But I could think of a scenario perhaps where it might not. But yeah. does that make sense? Yeah. So let's go, let's go back to the histamine thing. Okay. Well, you, you mentioned that increased amounts of histamine destroys collagen production. Is yeah, that what you said? So absolutely. Could you explain? Because people think of histamine and they think, okay, high histamine foods, shell, shellfish, kombucha, uh, different things. But, yeah. you know, talk about why exactly people have high levels of histamine. How do you even test for that? Well, there's a difference between like reacting to histamine from your diet and needing like a low histamine diet. There's a difference between that and there's a difference between and, and maybe having primed mast cells in different parts of the body because there's a lot of mast cells under the skin. There's mast cells in the GI tract. So people have different, and it's, I'm not demonizing histamine. Right. Histamine is amazing for neurotransmitter you know, functioning. We need it. In fact, when people have high histamine, sometimes that's like what in part leads to mania, which can drive a lot of neurological function, which sometimes people who are, have chronic illness need that to survive. They need that high level of thinking that histamine can drive. And especially in women when, you know, there's like a histamine estrogen, like copper complex that can form. Yeah. But, you know, it's like over time, it can be very destructive as well. So you wanted to know about how this happens. So yeah. you have mast cells that work on a priming system, much like many other cells. Like we know about this with dopamine, with gambling, like, oh, I'm thinking about an activity that, you know, hypersecretes dopamine. And before I'm even doing the activity, I can feel the dopamine flowing, right? right. So histamine is like the exact same way. And histamine works on triggers and hypersecreting histamine when the mast cells are really primed, it, you know, can look like reactional redness. It can look like different types of reactions, like whether it's, um, you know, more GI based or more skin based. And then over time, you know, especially in the skin matrix, it's degrading type four collagen mm. and that's going to lead to hypermobility. I mean, this is sort of why people who have genetic hypermobility, like elder Stanlow syndrome, they naturally just automatically skew into mast cell activation syndrome because like when the skin is stretching, the, it, that's priming the mast cells. So a hypermobile person will have more priming of mast cells and then therefore secrete more histamine, which then degrades more collagen and then it becomes a vicious cycle back and forth. But you can go the other way on the pathway where you can have hypermobility induced by excess histamine, which is induced by, let's say, low-grade circulating toxins chronically, low-grade low uh, allergen exposures. Infection can do it too because there's a lot of bugs that break down collagen as well. So, mm. they, and, and, if, and if those bugs are present, they're going to also secrete, secrete histamine secretion. So it all feeds out into each other. 
And that was a fast, fast like explanation. But yeah, that no, was a great explanation. So, can you test for histamine? So if you want, um, yeah, you can. It's complicated. That's okay. not super like that's not really my expertise to. Do you recommend though testing for it or? Is well, that... I think. Uh, do I recommend testing for it? That's. I mean, sure. Okay. Yeah. If you're working with somebody who's like understands allergy really well, and there, yeah, there's ways you can test for it. I would say. If you want to learn more about this, research the MMP9 pathway. So that's the the group of metalloproteinases that's involved in. And so in my formula, basically all the nutrients in the formula help to support that pathway. And interesting, those are going to be things like quercetin and like Gotucola and which the Sentinella aseica. There's many names for this particular herb plant and different like parts and extracts, but it's used a lot in topical anti-reddening creams. But when you take it internally, it can dampen the MMP9 pathway and help support the integrity of mast cells. It's something that silicone support formula does because it's really important in scar tissue, uh, in collagen balance. Yeah. Hey, when was the last time you bit into a juicy burger or a perfectly cooked steak and thought to yourself, This is the best thing I've ever tasted. If it's been a while, it's probably because most meat products are conventionally raised, which not only affects the flavor profile, but significantly diminishes the beneficial nutrients and minerals. And believe it or not, even products that are labeled as grass-fed or ethically raised to make you think they're high quality are often finished on grain or in factory farms, which is why I am so excited to share something with you today that will not only help you avoid the hormones, antibiotics, and pesticide residues that diminish the taste of conventionally raised meat, but could also save you nearly $1,000 over the next year on your grocery bill. And the best part, this may be the best tasting thing you've had in a long time. So what the heck am I talking about? I'm talking about Wild Pastures Meat Delivery. They provide the highest quality meats from small, regenerative, family-run farms here in the United States that prioritize sustainability and animal welfare. Their beef is 100% grass-fed. Their pork and poultry are pasture-raised, something you won't find anywhere in the grocery store, resulting in meats that are not only healthier for you, but also better for the environment. One of the reasons why me and my fiance Natasha loves wild pastures is that we can opt out out of supporting harmful conventional farming practices and instead support small family-run farms without spending a fortune. And the convenience doesn't stop there. They offer delivery straight to your door so you can enjoy delicious, high-quality meats without even leaving your house. No matter where you are in the lower 48 states, Wild Pastures has got you covered. Not only is this the most convenient way to get your meat products, but Wild Pasture meats are better for you nutritionally and they're higher in the total nutrients, phytonutrients, antioxidants, key fatty acids, vitamins, minerals, proteins, and amino acids. And today, for keto campers, for a limited time, you can get 20% off every box plus free shipping for life and... $15 off your first box. This is a crazy deal, and I hope you take advantage of it. So make the switch to Wild Pastures today and save nearly $1,000 on your grocery bill while feeling healthier and enjoying the best tasting meats of your life. All you need to do is go to the link in the podcast notes down below. Everything is already applied. All you got to do is click that link, customize your order, and you'll have some delicious, healthy tasting meats very soon. 
head to the podcast notes down below, click the link, enjoy your wild pastures. Okay, let's get right back to this episode. So talk a little bit more about why you selected those ingredients and who, who would use it? Is it just for somebody who has breast implants or some, can somebody else benefit from this product? Yeah, so I have a lot of people that take it that don't have breast implants, but that's because they have exposures to chemicals and like in the circles I travel and I'm always hanging out with people with chronic illness. So we're always, <laughs> you know, like the things like that the formula does to support someone with breast implants could be really helpful for other people because it's basically like a really balanced daily multivitamin that supports the body over time. But yeah, it has three parts. One part is really focused on MMP9 pathway. I don't typically go into a big explanation of of mast cell stabilization, but yeah, well, we did it. So that was great. Mm-hmm. And you were following it, which I could tell, which is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. But most people just, you know, don't want to go there with it, but they they want to, you know, support the quality of collagen in their body. So that's what it does. And it does Everybody it. knows about collagen. That's yeah. For sure. But in fact, when we were writing the patent for this, my patent attorney has worked with other collagen products and he said, yeah, this is not like any other collagen product. It's not because it's not like giving raw materials for collagen. It's, I can't say the word preventing in relation to the formula, but how do I do this? But the process (laughs) is is related to preventing the breakdown of collagen by deranging histamine. So we're like trying to work the pathway backwards. Okay. It also supports the immune system because autoimmunity is a big problem with anyone who puts a device in their body. It can, it can be an issue and immune balance. So in the research, we know that people who, who have autoimmune presentation typically are deficient in substrates that recycle glutathione and also fat soluble vitamins. And those are super important for fostering the T regulatory cell, which is the cell that decides basically like if a tissue is like foreign or bad or not. So we support that pathway with glutathione substrates and fat-soluble vitamins. And I also put a bunch of ingredients that help support the elimination of xenoestrogens. Oh, that's yeah. important. Yeah. You know, you know. speaking of which, and we'll go back to your product in a second, there was a study that came out that showed the average person eats enough plastic in a week to form a credit card. Oh my God, that's terrible. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? So having something like this is very, very important. So silicone support formula, it's not just for uh, women who have breast implants, but for women who do have breast implants, is this a must take for them? Or I would say that like if you're someone who has breast implants already and you have heard about the risk, like you're starting to hear from all these celebrities and influencers and women that are speaking out and you're like not sure what to do, maybe you want to remove your implants, but you're not, maybe you're not ready. Maybe you don't actually have symptoms, but you're just now, you know, you don't want to drink out of a bottle that has BPA plastic, but you, that then it's like in your body, right? So a lot of people are in this situation now and they don't really know what to do. Maybe they don't want to have a $15,000 surgery tomorrow. Maybe one day they will. It's like, this is something that you can take in the meantime, that's going to help support your body. I think it's a brilliant idea because it's such, I mean, I've never been in that position you have, but I I can imagine it's such a difficult decision to make. Right. Because not only is it going to cost you money, it's completely going to change your appearance. And you you, uh, are pretty much admitting your decision to get them was wrong. And it's just a whole life shift. I mean, you went through it. Yeah. That's why I wanted to make the formula something that could meet people where they are. And I understand the reason why breast implants are 
horrible. I mean, I understand intimately from a biochemical process why that's happening. And so that's what the formula is working with. Like it's aiming to support those areas. And of course, it can't prevent or treat illness because it's not a drug. So I have to be very like mindful how I talk about it. But of course, like if I had been taking this product prior to getting breast implants, because you can take it if you're planning on getting them, you can take it beforehand. It's also really helpful. Like through the surgery process, because of the way it helps balance collagen, there's going to be like the scar, the job of closing the wound of the actual surgery. So I do recommend it alongside surgery, whether you're explanting or you're putting in new implants. And then of course, if you're explanting, there's going to be microsilicone in the body and there's and that's going to create the same concerns over time, like even after explant that you still want to support. So I have women who take it that have explanted and it helps them. So I was, I forgot what I was going to say, but I was going to say something related to, to well, I have a couple, I have, yeah, I have a couple of things that we're going to circle back to okay, okay. before we do, for those who are listening on the podcast, you could get the silicone support, uh, formula. Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Uh, SSF, um, <laughs> the links down below. And then yeah. we also have a coupon. Code yeah. We're going to do a coupon code yes. for your followers. So it'll be keto camp. You'll get a nice discount. If you're watching on YouTube, same thing. We'll put the link down below. Use keto camp at checkout. Again, it's not just for women who have. Uh, breast implants, but uh, those who want to support the immune system or just want to deal with all the crazy, nasty toxins that are out there in the world. Yeah. And then we're going to talk later about liposuction and how yeah, that can right. also be like a huge detox challenge. So whether or not you have breast implants or not, worse if you have breast implants. So it's very useful in those situations too. I want to talk about the liposuction combination with the breast implants. Before we do, we'll get to that next. You said there's one reason why, or there is maybe multiple reasons why women who could have breast implants, but still be totally healthy. What, what is that reason? Yeah, absolutely. So that means that if their collagen system is working really mm. well, and I don't mean overworking because if that, if it's overworking and it's dysregulated, that can become a capsular contracture, which is a really bad aesthetic outcome that of, you know, surgeons are, you know, know all about. And that's when one breast will kind of like contract and lift and get hard. And that's also going to be fruit of the same poison tree of collagen derangement. The same concept as making poor capsule, like thin to thin capsule. Yeah. But anyways, if they're very healthy prior to getting breast implants and they don't have any of these issues that we've identified, then they'll probably make really good scar tissue capsule and they probably won't mobilize microsilicone and they will for the most part not be really negatively affected by the known toxins in the implants, right? But... Those people I have seen get into trouble when they switch their set of implants if the surgeon does it without doing an on-block capsulectomy because that in that situation. So imagine you're really young and healthy when you get breast implants and you make a really good capsule. It's balanced. It's walled off the implant. You're functioning. And then you go through life and your bucket is filling. And then when you decide to switch your set of implants, maybe you're not the same health wise that you were when you initially made that first scar tissue capsule. You've had other challenges. Maybe you had a baby, like who knows, right? So many things could have happened. And then the traditional way is like when they switch an implant set, they're just going to cut into that capsule. They pull the implant out, they leave the capsule behind inside and it opens up in the pocket. And it's like Pandora's box. So whatever over the years it was holding in is now mobilized. Oh no. And then they put a new implant in. They just leave that capsule of collagen. This is like the normal way that they do it. And then they just put the new implant in through the same little hole or incision rather. And yeah. then your body has to make a new capsule of collagen around the new implant. And, and then it also has the immune burden of the old capsule tissue, which is just sitting there, which like surgeons don't really acknowledge as an immune burden, but it's pretty obvious from a holistic perspective, right? Yeah. Like we know scars 
are a big issue, even like externally on the body. Like we procane them, we do everything we can to get the meridian flowing. Cause even just a scar randomly on your body can throw off your energy system. So now you, you know, you imagine you have like big scar chunks, like inside your chest. Yeah. Wall. I mean, common sense sounds it's, like it. Well, from a holistic, yeah. it's, you know, it's funny common sense how it works, right? It seems so obvious once it you does, know and yeah. it doesn't occur it's to like, you. Well, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> it's like, it sounds like that might be an issue. Well, it's funny. And I was talking to Dr. Lee Cowden in December. I interviewed him about scars. It's like a big topic for him and lymph, which he's like an expert in both. And that was how we put the together. I mean, I asked him some questions and he answered them, but I think that was the first time the two of us put together and he's not in the scene now. He's retired and he doesn't know about all the lipo that's going on. I think it's mm. a newer movement. So we're going to get to that. I'm excited because that was like a breakthrough for me. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you know, those healthy people with breast implants need to be mindful when they switch their set. And maybe it'll be fine, but there's a learning curve there that I would recommend. What are some ways they could uh, increase their collagen production? Increase that. Well, we don't want to increase well, it. We want to balance it, right? right? We, yeah, you we mentioned just, that. You don't want to really increase it. Yeah, you just want an optimal. Like, yeah, we yeah. just want the we just want the collagen system to be functioning really well. Well, there's a lot of ways to support collagen. You know, obviously an, an adequate protein diet, like absorption, like getting all the amino acids that you need. Um, I think as we age the enzymatic machinery that that converts like raw essential amino acids into collagen like it you know can get sluggish so you can definitely supplement with I supplement with collagen just because I want, you know, extra like proline and I want, you know, yeah. the hydroproline and I don't necessarily, I take essential amino acids too, but you know, I don't, right. I'm trying to make them easier on the body. So it doesn't have to convert it. But those are I, also for me, histamine's a big issue. So I'm, you know, always making sure I keep that mast cell stabilized. So I'm not breaking down collagen, like making sure that you don't have any chronic infection. That's a huge, huge component to collagen. So makes sense. Okay. Got okay. it. So <laughs> the liposuction with a combination of of having breast implants. You had did some research there, like you mentioned, yeah. and you had a, like a light bulb moment. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, to share another personal story of just all the things I put myself through <laughs> and just myself being super interested in, in body modification always. Like I love the idea of transformation. I don't think for me, it's necessarily coming from a dysmorphic, you know, insecure, like a little bit, like some, just the normal woman stuff, but I really like love transformation. It's just something that I've always been fascinated by. So the idea that, that there was proactive of things I could do to learn and try. I'm a biohacker. I've always been this way my whole life and before biohacking was a thing. <laughs> so I got really drawn into things. And when I was in my really early 20s, like 21, I did some liposuction. This was kind of a long time ago now. Like we're not going to say like how old we are, but <laughs> it's kind of like a long, it's like 20 years ago now. Okay. Okay. So it's very barbaric, old-fashioned liposuction. And I will say the techniques are a lot better now, but it still depends, right? There's a lot of user variability of the surgeon, right? Of course. So in my case, now understanding why I've had the major challenges I've had with detox has a lot to do with scar tissue, liposuction, mobilizing microsilicone, and then what we call the gut-associated lymphoid tissue, which is basically the abdominal lymph, which is really important because that's you know, sometimes limp, we have lymph everywhere in the body. And if you pull microsilicone off the implant and it's moving through its journey and it's trying to make it to the heart, to the cisterna chile, which then it gets dumped into the GI tract and then it gets processed by the liver gallbladder system and then it goes into the colon. 
to leave. Mm -hmm. So that's the path that it's trying to take. But what happens is sometimes those white cells that are carrying... Oh, your dog. (laughs) (laughs) Ziggy wants to make an appearance in the podcast. We'll leave that in there. And Ziggy's triggering my allergies. Uh, Oh, yeah. No, it's great. It's appropriate. We're talking about allergies. Hormesis. (laughs) Well, I've been off my bison proline valine peptide because I can't find anyone that makes it right now. And it's like, that's a drama. Do you want to take a break? No, no, no. I'm just saying typically I have this under control. I know how to fix it, but we can't control the supply chain, right? Yeah, that's I need, true. I need my own lab. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> the next phase. Yeah. I don't know if I want to own a lab actually, but if some if one of our friends would make a lab, that'd be great. That's better. Or use systemic formulas. Well, they don't make peptides. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm already a, using them. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, yeah. There's a few peptide labs, but no, we had to outsource that to China because it's long story. Okay. Um, getting off topic. The liposuction. Okay, so as a white blood cell that has maybe pulled off some microsilicone from the breast implant or some scar tissue or whatever it's trying to eliminate, it's going on its path. And then when it gets to lymph nodes in the gut-associated lymphoid tissue, um, sometimes the white cell will die in the lymph node and it'll just deposit the silicone wherever it dies. And it doesn't really have like the enzymes to break it down. Like our body just can't, right? So it's trying to move out. Yep. Much like any foreign material, like you talked about the microplastic, it's got to be similar. I haven't studied that at length, but okay. So that's happening. So let's just say you have microsilicone kind of like gunking up the internal gall, the lymphoid tissue. Then imagine that you have scar tissue from liposuction. So lymph can only like drain. It doesn't have peristalsis like blood, right? And so it has, you know, that's, we have to move to move our lymph. We know that we have colleagues who show a lot of techniques for moving the lymph and getting it moving. But imagine that you're, you know, let's say, okay, let's do this water. I know. Okay. So I'm holding a water bottle and I'm just going to shake it and that's lymph moving. Right. But then imagine that there's scar tissue holding it and I can't even shake it. Ah, So I'm moving my body, but there's scar tissue that's holding that lymph in, in place. So what happens is there ends up being this really you know, severe traffic jam in the liver, in the gallbladder. And then you're trying everything else that you try to detox Mm -hmm. is going to be challenged. So these are people that are going to have a lot of symptoms when they try to detox. From my personal experience, this is just always in the cases. I'm so sick from something that other people can do okay with. And I'm the sensitive one and I'm not sensitive. Like I'm really strong and tough. Like I've done really tough things in my life and I know I'm not, but then I like fail at all this stuff and why? And then people, nobody understands because they, they say, yeah, detox is hard. Okay. But it's not, it's nothing like what someone's going to experience if they're in this situation. I'm telling you, I know this from personal experience. So no one is in your body, so they don't really know. But like, you know, if you're beyond like what is normal for Herxheimer, for mm-hmm. reactions. Just regular detox symptoms. Yeah. yeah. like it, it, Mild headache, diarrhea, or regular detox symptoms. Like even, and I remember like in 2020 when I was trying to do keto and you were helping me and I was like, this is really bad. Like the keto flu and yeah, the keto flu is really bad. Okay. Well, what I was experiencing was not really the keto flu. It was related to the, yeah, like the it trapped w- lymph. Exactly. And so then the bile was not being produced and you couldn't break down the fat and you couldn't detoxify. I was in a really bad situation and I didn't know better. So I kind of tried to push it, but then it got to a point where I had to listen to my body and just abandon that course because it really wasn't the right thing for me at the time. I didn't know why. Now I understand why. Interesting. Yeah. So what did you do? What's the solution here? Well, okay. I can share some things I've done personally, but this is not medical advice and I'm going to talk about pharmaceutical. 
medical. So it's yeah, definitely not medical this, advice. None of this is medical advice. But, but something that's helped me personally with a congested gallbladder is there's a pharmaceutical product called Actigal, which is um, acetolic acid. I might be, I might have butchered that word, Um, (laughs) but it's basically bile, pharmaceutical, synthetic bile that thins your own bile. And that's been like a huge help for me. Um, Now, Dr. Cowden recommended, I believe like Tudka because it's not that different. I think they're really different. But if you want to be like using a vitamin, Tudka did not really like do it for me. It wasn't strong enough, but I think for some people it could be. And then basically getting, getting to a place where, I can tolerate liver flushes because I can't, couldn't, haven't been able to. People have great success with liver, liver flushes and that a lot of holistic practitioners consider that to be the cornerstone of health is being able to like successfully do those flushes. Of course, they're criticized too, allopathically, very criticized. People say that the gallstones that come out aren't really gallstones. In any event, people experience great benefit from having that pathway working, having the gallbladder sure. working. So yeah. that's challenge, you know, but there's more to it than that. There's an even initial step, which is stomach acid, because stomach acid production is what stimulates the gallbladder in the first place. And pretty much all low in stomach acid, right? Because of the the crop depletion in the, in the soil. Especially, this is going to be controversial, especially those of you drinking alkaline water every single day. The Kangen, <laughs> yeah. the Kangen folks don't hate me, but stop doing it. Yeah, well, or at least like avoid that with meals um, or around meals because you don't. Good tip. Totally. Yeah. Like we already are having stomach acid challenges. And then in this population of people that have complex chronic illness or breast implant illness, like they have low stomach acid. And that's usually why these infections and the gut dysbiosis is because, you know, you're having to sterilize the food with the stomach acids if you're not doing that process, but also the bile helps to sterilize the bugs. So I think HCL interventions can be really beneficial and slowing down, chewing your food, getting parasympathetic. Yeah. All that. Of course. And then you know, like a mineral replenishment regimen because that's part of the problem of why the mitochondria and the stomach are so depleted anyway. And I have had success with synthetic bile and then working that process up to liver flushes to be, I mean, all of this is really important before you start thinking about detoxing metals, silicone. Also, if you are one of these liposuction, you know, people, whether you have microsilicone in your body or not, you have to do rigorous scar ther- manual therapies to unburden yourself of scarring in the areas where you had liposuction and then follow that with therapies to just constantly keep the lymph moving with the understanding you may not ever be able to get all the scar tissue out of that area. But there's a lot of scar interventions, lots of things for yeah. scars, whether it's like the TRT machine, which is the yep. modified ultrasound. I've done that almost all over. I've done that everywhere on my body pretty much. <laughs> That's painful. No, it's, <laughs> I love it. Really? Yeah. It's painful? Where'd well, I mean, it depends on where you do it. When I was having lower back pain and they were doing it in my lower back, it was super painful. But you know their motto, if you feel it, you heal it, right? That's- yeah. Well, it hurts a little bit, like the first couple of pulses, and then it usually numbs the area. And then when you have a big area of scar tissue and it hits that, the residents can cause a little bit of pain, but they probably just could have lowered it. It doesn't have to hurt. Well, it was Dr. John Laurent. Oh, yeah. He's he's a mad wizard. He's very, like, aggressive, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. He's a wizard. Yeah, I remember when we took his spray, and I I was sick for, like, 30 minutes. I've learned a lot from that spray. I, like, I don't let people do it anymore. I'm like, I can do it. My fiance could do it, but I I noticed, like, you're not the only one. It happened so many times. No, but I love it. Like, I'm not bad-mouthing it, but I took too much, and the reason I took too much was because I had tried it before and loved it, which was probably the right dose. 
I think it was a higher um, concentration. Concentration. It was, it was the VIP one. So right. I've learned that people need to start <laughs> stay slow. <laughs> that was at the bulletproof conference, yeah, right? At yeah, Dave's and conference. we're talking about oxytocin spray, of case everyone, right? Yeah. Or like shamanic well, it, stuff. It, it, so it has oxytocin. It has nicotine. It also has. Mm-hmm. Um, Hape, right? Yeah. The Amazonian essential oil. So yeah. I love the product yeah. too. I use it cyclically, but I've seen so <laughs> many people, like I have some crazy stories, like where they take it and it's like, they don't have a good outcome. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah just stay away, you know, yeah. get yeah. the lightest version, start there. Yeah, exactly. And so sometimes just going low is okay. Yeah, like, exactly. With everything. Hey, Keto Camper. What if there was an easy way to help detoxify your body, ease stress, unwind, and hey, even burn more calories. What I'm talking about is sauna usage. Now, there's a lot of studies that show the benefits of using a sauna, and it could be kind of complicated because they're expensive, and typically you have to go to a facility to use a sauna. What I love about my sauna is that it's a blanket that I use at the comfort of my own home. I use the one from Bond Charge, and sauna blankets work by raising your heart rate to that of physical exercise So you burn calories while you're relaxing, and you could burn up to 600 calories in one session. Sweating also helps flush out toxins like heavy metals from your body, and elevating your heart rate while relaxing releases endorphins, which can leave you feeling euphoric. I feel like I just got a 60-minute massage when I get out of this thing. It works by using infrared light, which heats the body directly rather than the air around you like a traditional sauna. This means you get the same benefits at a lower heat. You also don't need to have your head in the heat like a traditional sauna. It's very easy to use. You can enjoy a session of 30 to 45 minutes while relaxing, reading, watching TV, or meditating. It's easy to clean. It's low EMF, especially compared to other brands out there. Simple and easy to get set up. And even more important, you, Keto Camper, are offered a nice coupon code for Bond Charge's products, including their infrared sauna blanket. So head over to bondcharge.com slash ketocamp and use the coupon code ketocamp at checkout to get 15% off your order. We'll drop that link down below along with the coupon code in the podcast notes. Okay, let's get right back to this episode. Mine is super strong, right? So that's the one you did. So it's called uh, it's called Zen, right? Yeah. Uh, Mito Zen. Yeah. And I love the product, but like I, I stopped like giving it to people just right. because I kept seeing that theme. <laughs> right. And, and mine is too strong for like somebody to start out with. So you did it, and then what? You got like. I think like the room was spinning for 30 <laughs> yeah. minutes. Like I sat down by one of those other energy machines, and I was just like, "Please let this help I me." I remember. It just was. I had to wait it out. Uh, it was bad. But yeah, I got through it. Like everything. yeah, you got through it. You've been through a lot. Okay, so the goal is to work on the stomach acid, take some HCL potentially. You took synthetics, uh, synthetic bile, mm-hmm. maybe even ox bile could help. Yeah, and then work your way up to like a liver flush, gallbladder flush. Yeah, and then make sure you coffee can do, enema. So people who have this problem when they do coffee enemas, they don't get any gallbladder contraction, and so it's kind of like a sign. Like coffee enema is not doing anything for you. Like you need something more aggressive. We're not talking about a normal body. We're talking about a body that's been inundated with like man-made pharmaceutical materials from like industrial materials, right? Yeah, right. And and so it's kind of you know, Dr. Cowden created a really brilliant system that some of his colleagues are still carrying on, but this is how he helped women in the 90s that had microsilicone. In the 90s, the implants would break apart really easily. So it was like big chunks of silicone. So we're not talking about little micros. We're talking about like 
macros to look so, so they would get like instantly sick well they were having a lot sick. of problems yeah pain syndromes neuropathies autoimmune diseases none of that was really ever fleshed out because all they had to prove was that the devices weren't operating as intended and then that was enough to get the fda to pull them from the market but yeah there was a lot of health problems but so these because he's such a you know savant of medicine and the body right he's a holistic medical doctor and he cardiologist and he people were coming to him. And so he had to think critically about what to do. So what he did was he invented a system that's sort of like, like a colonic, except that they invert the body and they do this special type of massage so that right where the lymph is about to dump into the cisterna chile, they press it and it bypasses that. So instead of going to the heart, liver, gallbladder, it goes right into the colon. I don't know how he figured this out, Interesting. but they literally saw silicone coming out in the toilet and it's this retreat Jeez. that he created and it's really kind of complicated. And I think that they're going to maybe do more of them, but in lieu of that, I just keeping that pathway moving isn't really important. Besides somebody who had liposuction, what else can cause this as well? What else can cause what? Um, the blockage, right? With the lymph right there, you mentioned there was scar tissue from the liposuction blocking the lymph then it's affecting your liver gallbladder. What else, like besides liposuction, can cause that? Well, I think just the presence of microsilicone in that area with or without liposuction is a problem. And like everybody has lymph and can benefit from lymph modalities and keeping those things moving. Sure. But it's like, you know, it's the reason why a sedentary lifestyle is so, you know. Yeah, it's really... one of the many reasons why, yeah. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. But, well, it, I mean, but you're, they you're... might, all those reasons might lead to lymph at then, right? Because that's where everything goes. Right. I don't know. I mean, yeah, for sure. I agree yeah. with you. But yeah. also, like, you're not stressing your body. Your body's mm -hmm. not adapting to the stress. Yeah. That's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah, but yeah, like, 100%. There's totally. no stress. It's just, like, you're easy to kill. That's to not good. Totally, yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah, of course. So I do think another intervention that we haven't talked about is ozone. I think that that, for this type of patient, it, whether it's really mild administration of ozone at home with your own machine and you're doing some sort of insufflation or you're doing EBU, which yeah. is expensive and invasive and intense. But those are, they all are great. Yeah. And you went to Dr. Yoshi Ram. Mm -hmm. I've had him on my podcast. We mm -hmm. talked all about methylene blue. So. Oh, yeah. I have methylene blue in my water bottle. They left in oh, the car. Sweet. But yeah, I love methylene blue. I take, you know, which, but, which one do you take? Um, one that I, like a really cheap one from Amazon from a lab that's like not even for human is use. It, it's oral, uh -huh. but it makes your mouth all blue, no? No, because I dilute it in water. I just take a oh, tiny just drop. just swallow it. Mm -hmm. I use the one from uh, Dr. John. He has um, a suppository. Oh, wow. So that one, I don't have to worry about it. Where do you supposit it? <laughs> <laughs> Up your butt. <laughs> okay, because I've seen the oral trochies, which you, make your mouth I've blue. used those, but my mouth turns completely blue, and that's not good for a content creator. So I've emailed them. I'm like, <laughs> hey, what can I do to get this out of my mouth? Or like, uh, try brushing, try, and nothing works. So I don't, oh, wow. I don't use it because of that. But the... Suppository, you know. Okay, I like that. Or you could even cut up the suppository and just swallow it and you still don't, but you're going to pee. It does cause stomach irritation. It though. can, yeah. depending on how much you take. And then, yeah. you're, of course, you're going to pee blue and then poop blue and all that good so, stuff. So, like, for anyone listening, you know, we're just basically talking about, I guess, mitochondrial interventions, like NAD interventions, which I think are really useful. And I'm a big fan of NMN, too. Yeah. NMN works great for my body, but I think there's different, like, forms of the molecule and, like, you know, supporting methylation at the same time. For sure. Yeah. So yeah, methylene blue is like fuel for the mitochondria, right? And it's been around for such a very long time. 
and then NMN and NAD, Dr. Sinclair kind of made it really popular, but it's, it's you know, in supplement form. There's also some skincare products that have it like Young Goose. Yeah, yeah. And then also I learned from Dr. Yoshi, another reason why we like methylene blue is related to like oxygen, like carbon monoxide carrying like on red blood, red blood cells. So it, when people have pathogenic infections, like, like fungus or basically any GI dysbiosis combined with leaky gut, that stuff is going to be in the blood. So what happens is it competes with like, like they produce carbon monoxide gas and that competes with oxygen hmm. for RBC binding. So methylene blue is actually used in the hospital to treat carbon monoxide poisoning because it can bind to the red blood cells for a really long time. So then you, like you could test your O2 saturation and it's really not testing O2 saturation, it's testing saturation. So it could be carbon monoxide or oxygen. And then you feel like you have low blood flow like symptoms or poor circulation symptoms, but it's like, why, you know, so methylene blue can help to like knock the carbon monoxide off. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they are going to use it for those folks in um, East Palestine, Ohio. Yeah, maybe. I don't know yeah, that much about the situation. It's a little but... bit of a disaster. Yeah, yeah. Talk about like a chemical like yeah. storm really. Okay. This has been this has been really good. <laughs> Did this we is, cover yeah. everything on your list? One la- there, there's one last thing on my list. So we're we're talking about supplements here, and I have a favorite. You know my favorite supplement. Okay, it's vitamin, vitamin G. G. <laughs> vitamin G, right? So gratitude, as you know. So what are you gr- deeply grateful for today? What's your vitamin G dose? So it just you know, like I'm in Miami, spending time with my family. That's something that's close to my heart, and like being able to. Like you're my first affiliate, so I'm trying to learn e-commerce. Silicon Support Formula is a small business, and my expertise is in formulation. And that was all you know last year. It was awesome, and now we're in like the selling part of it, which is to be honest, just very uncomfortable. <laughs> so I, I'm, but I of course want to sell it, but it's you know word of mouth thing right now. Like we're not even doing marketing. So you're my very first affiliate, and awesome. that we're literally honored. means the world to me because you're like a pillar of spreading gratitude. Like every time I hear you talk, it moves me like almost to tears because you're so good at tapping into like those vibrations that and I can feel it but I don't know if it's because we're both Florida people or, <laughs> but I really feel it like it moves me and like that's I need like more of that like we all need more of that so amen thank you Kate I appreciate that I'm gonna cry now stop <laughs> <laughs> I'm so appreciative and like we're the first affiliate so if you want to yeah. check out the product I mean if you think it's if you have breast implants for sure but if you think it'll be a good fit you can learn more about it by going to the link down below and then using Keto Camp at checkout. It's called Silicone Support Formula. Where else can they go? Website, social media to check you out. Yeah, just at Dr. Kate. That's K-A-Y-T-E, by the way. D-R-K-A-Y-T-E. Yeah, thanks. Right now we're a startup, so it's really word of mouth. If you or someone you know has breast implants, you know, share this with them. I think that it, it can really help. And right now it's the only product in the world that supports this issue that Super very few cool. people understand. So. so important. And what's the social media you want them to go to? Just mine. Yeah, there's at Dr. Kate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's on Instagram. We'll put it all down below. But for sure, if you know somebody who has a breast implants or they've explanted, either mm-hmm. way, send this episode to them. So mm-hmm. if you're watching on YouTube, just copy and paste the link, put it into like a text message. If you're listening on the podcast, same thing, like spread the word. And uh, we'll do a round three sometime in the future. Okay, I'm okay. excited. Yeah, thank you so much for thank coming back so to much. the show. Great thank job. You. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> awesome.
I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Dr. Kate. Like I said, if you know somebody with breast implants, share this episode with them. Her product silicone support formula can be found down below in the podcast notes. Use the coupon code KETOCAMP10 for 10% off. If you want to watch the video format of today's interview and any of our interviews, that's on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash KETOCAMP. Dr. Kate's website is drkate.com. That is D-R-K-A-Y-T-E.com. You could find her on Instagram, Dr. Kate, on Facebook, and we'll reference all of those links down below in the podcast notes. Please consider leaving the Keto Camp Podcast a rating or a review, and go get registered for the upcoming seven-day Keto Kickstart Challenge. It is free. It is going to be life-changing. Head over to ketocampchallenge.com or click the link in the podcast notes down below. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with me and Dr. Kate. I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.